0: What's up dude you gotta have uh you can hardwire that thing in we're live
1: that's fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it's uh no i mean you can but um so we had a digital setup and we kept having glitches so we just went analog Ooh. so you just start recording yeah and then uh yeah take the sd out yeah, yeah. and you don't have any issues don't we, have worry. we haven't had any issues the only issues we had is we had like a Corrupt card, corrupt card one time but that was just because it was yeah. swapping hands too much but well, now
1: because yeah we do our sales meetings down there and the same thing the internet will just go out while we're laughing yeah dude, dude yeah, it's like, not worth it dude like it's not i've lost <laughs> we probably lost
0: like four no past, way two years. yeah which is not horrible but still when they're really good ones and then you're like you can't get that guest back here you can't yeah. recreate the real yeah. no that's well, the worst we lost four episodes of uh, 120 episodes That's pretty <laughs> <good>. yeah <laughs> That's pretty good. That's how long you've been on 120 episodes. Holy shit, dude! How many have you done? 170, 175. I think what? I was
1: on like episode like 10 or something. 15. You were on an early episodes. Early, sure. early. Yeah. So welcome back. All a lot of changes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know if you're doing video back then. Oh, man, you know, I, I was, bit. but I had like my phone in the corner. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun stuff. It has changed a lot. That was a uh, pre-pandemic. Yeah, that was in. All, oh, that was
0: in Cohab. Yeah, yeah it was Cohab. Um, a Little shitty studio on the corner. But I'm not. Knocking it. We started this in 19. Okay. I think. I think yeah. the first episode. I want to say the first episode went live in 19. Yeah. In like November of 19, but we probably did it in. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Yeah. But I was barely doing. I was trying to get like two in a month. Yeah. And when we started this. I thought that I needed to have two people on because because you and Nick. Kurzov oh yeah, on, yeah yeah yeah. And I thought we had to have two people on because. I didn't know if I could carry a conversation long enough to, yeah, and then then I realized real quick, oh shit, it just needs to be one person. Yeah. And if it is two people, it's just going to be, it's fun, you yeah. know. But it, yeah. it goes longer, and also like the the direction of the conversation changes so much. Yeah, I don't know. Do yeah. you like do you like prefer listening to one person talk or two, or like do you like two guests? Uh, or like?
1: You know, good question. If you
0: listen to podcasts, I, mean,
1: I think that I think that if the people know what they're doing and they won't talk over each other, you know, that's always the thing. Cause yeah, because yeah, you get like three, you four to, people. You yeah. listen to like some of the
0: uh, podcasts with comedians. They're all yeah, drinking yeah. and shit. It's just a lot of yeah. overlap. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's nineteen,
1: man. man. You were uh, single, and didn't have any kids.
0: Yeah, none of that. <laughs> none of that. <laughs> Complete life change, dude. But I yeah. love it, man. I love it. I know. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, one of those things, man. And, and shit, you didn't. You had just launched the brokerage. Mm-hmm. And where y'all at now? Tim Let's talk about that, dude. Because you you've done a lot since. Well, since I met you. Because a lot of people really make that watch watches may not even know you or you know or they may know of you, but like yeah. you've done a lot since I met you. Like, yeah, let's let's go over that's that. That's why you dude. tell just, me what you want. Like, talk well, about. I mean, you started with you were a school teacher when I met you. Yeah, and then yeah. you bought a bar. Yeah, and then then yeah. everything else you've done. Just you tell me because I yeah. mean that's like a whole.
1: Well, I think that uh, now you know. Uh, I, I have a lot more self-awareness now about what kind of makes me tick and what fulfills me and the role I should play in things. So, yeah, I mean, you know, when I got married, uh, in fact, we celebrate our 20-year anniversary this summer. Nice. And uh, so we got married right after college. Neither of us had jobs. Uh, you know, I went to grad school, still didn't know what I was going to do, and I just uh, went into teaching because I needed to get a paycheck. So you didn't and have any, like, you weren't really, like, Excited about that or motivated to do that? No, I mean, you know, my mom was a school teacher. Uh, You know, when I was in college, I think I started my third year and didn't even have, uh, you know, a path or what I was getting my degree in. So I was like, well, I'll just do education. Uh, I was dating Laurie. She was in education. So we kind of – that's kind of what ended up happening. And uh, So, yeah, you know, I think that uh, knowing how I am now – uh, a couple things. One, I don't do very well having a boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that's one. Not saying that I can't work well with others, and, right. and you know, and and I don't have uh, I don't have um, uh, voices in my life that are over me. I do have that, but uh, but yeah. So I didn't do well working for other people, and and for me, there was no building in education. Right? I mean, it was like. Uh, there was no ladder to climb really. And uh, this yeah. part of the problem with education is that the ladder you climb is to become the principal. Well, most people that are really good in the classroom make horrible principals. Yeah. And so that's how they, you kind of hire from within They're Yeah. They're not managing. Yeah. And so like, it's like a, the best ran school would probably get somebody that has experience managing a company and bringing them in. So, um, i sure the educators will love to hear that
0: but that's <laughs> my what opinion it is, man. Yeah.
1: and so uh, yeah so I was doing that I uh, actually started uh, I got in my, into real estate I was flipping some houses uh, No, you know I think uh, I, I bought my first flip house mm-hmm. right before school was about to start back and uh, on my spreadsheet I was going to make Uh, a profit which equaled what I would make a year in teaching and so I asked my wife I said can I stay home or can I you know leave teaching try it for one year see if we can make it work and uh, I quit I quit my teaching job it was July of uh, 2012 I believe and literally the next day she found out she was pregnant with our second kid, <laughs> so that was uh, some motivation there and uh yeah, so I, uh, I I flipped that house and i made I made good money and realized that half of my profit was going to be taken in taxes. <laughs> I didn't plan on that. And uh, so then I I shifted and said, well, instead of flipping houses, I'm just going to buy and hold houses. And when I started doing that, I started having investors wanting me to manage their properties. And so that was really my first company was a property management company that uh, still runs today. Um, Probably, you know, manage about 450 houses, 500 houses, somewhere around there. And uh, that team is still going. And uh, it's a great company. And, uh, have good good uh, leaders over there and uh, so yeah so that's where that's where it started yeah and yeah. then
0: it and then it somehow progressed I guess you saw value in that what but then you wanted to get in the dealing with how did that work Cause you went from dealing with tenants and management to dealing with uh, people yeah. buying houses well
1: and- you know I mean my first my first year and a half uh, my office was in a guest house behind our house and it made a lot of logistical problems because i didn't want tenants to know where i lived and so everything was done out on the road so i bought a building and hired a full time person before i mean it was a year and a half before i even made money Mm -hmm. off the company until we built it up to where it, it made sense and so um so yeah so i eventually uh handed uh I I was helping owners or investors buy and sell properties and then uh, uh, I, I had started a sales company and I didn't have any, it was just me just doing it by myself and I was still having to produce. I had some agents wanting me to join and then it became a problem cause I didn't have anything to provide them. And, uh, so I was just spending my wills and I was frustrated because I needed to go out there and make money cause I wasn't making money off of them cause they were brand new agents didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> and so I actually told them, Hey, I'm going to regroup. You go to a different company and, you know, let me figure out what I'm going to do. And, um, yeah, in 2017, uh, I started uh, looking into brokerages, and I ended up buying the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services franchise for this market. Through that, I partnered with someone here, Adam Lytle, who's just a really sharp business mind, high character, great guy. And uh, so yeah, so we launched November 2017. We just uh, we just celebrate our sixth year. So that's crazy, a man. Yeah, yeah. So, and you have like how many agents do you have right now? you know uh I would have to go check again we're probably at 140 yeah agents yeah we have we have an Alexandria market that we launched a few years ago and it's actually doing really well as well it's it's kind of hit a growth spurt and so uh so yeah that's it so is that are you passionate about real estate now is it more just about
0: business like being because I, I you're I've noticed about knowing you for a while that like you you're like extremely uh um, oh, man I don't know what the word is for it you're you're all about the business like in in, in the culture and mm-hmm. operations you know and I know I know Adam's like the more analytical guy yeah. you know but I feel like you you're always on the up and up like looking for new new ways to grow and you yeah. know things like that whereas yeah. that seems to be always your focus is it is it hyper yeah. like is is it related solely to real estate do you take that approach on everything
1: yeah yeah i mean no i think that uh i am passionate about real estate cuz i enjoy it and i invest in it um but I think it's more for me. It's more of a business mindset. Yeah, I think that uh, you know, I, I would never even come close to being as smart as Adam is in real estate. You know, he, on the operational side, or just the you know, he just the technical aspect of how to deal in real estate. He's just really, really wise. And so for me, it's more of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know get, getting the team to work setting goals getting uh the right people in place yeah and uh yeah so that's really what uh makes it tick you know so just this morning at 9 30 we meet and we go over all of our goals and what we've done to hit those goals and so do you think that's, that's uh,
0: uh conducive because I, I feel like a lot of people talk about that but or they set those things and they really don't put any more I, I see that a lot I see that a lot of business operations too like people talk about goals and set things but they really don't put in the systems yeah. to see those through. You know yeah. what I mean? They're just like, we need to meet
1: these numbers, and yeah. then there you go, yeah. you know what I mean, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I mean, there has to be a framework, there has to be a leadership framework in place, you know. Um, and I feel like anytime that there's friction or frustration, then, you know, it's usually either a incompetent person that's dropping the ball, or um the the framework's not there to hold them accountability and give them a clear path. Usually what it is. Sometimes it's just bad character. Yeah. They both things are in place and they're just you know, somebody not needs to some fired. Yeah, exactly. not a good fit. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, so normally that's that's usually what it comes down to. Uh, and so, you know, as frustrating as it is, and that's what that's kind of my new thing the past six months or seven months has been on my personal, uh, mindset and framework on viewing those, uh, instances as a learning opportunity. And so, you know, my frustration when something's not going the way I want it to go, uh, two years ago, three years ago, it might've taken me a week or two weeks or three weeks to get over it. Um, now it is, you know, happens in a couple minutes. What we'll would be an example of that? Uh, oh, geez. <laughs> um, uh,. An example of that would be, you know, I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to so in our system, we use something called the 40 X It's the four disciplines of execution. and It's a famous business book, Um, but the four disciplines of execution. And now I'm on the spot. I might not get it. All right. But it's we got uh, some help over here. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) the four disciplines of execution. So one is uh, most important is wigs, what we call them wildly important goals. So everybody in my company, we have a business wildly important goal, you know, and it's like you know, increase profits from X to Y by the end of the year. Right. Then underneath that, each one of my team members have their own wildly important goals. Okay. And then underneath that, which is what would be one of those. Oh, I know what they are now. So lead measures, lead measures are the activities to accomplish the goal. So if you want to think of it this way, the book uses this analogy is we're all part of this war well, what what are we doing to win the battles that are eventually going to win the war, right? Yeah. So we have lead measures, and then the lag measures is the results. And so that's usually what I focus on, what the lag measures. And when the lag measures, which is the results of the lead measures, aren't adding up, gotcha. then I can say, well, something's broken. Yeah. Well, let's dig in and find out what's broken, right? And, uh, you know, usually... Um, what I found probably the weakest thing that, or the thing that has needed the most attention in my organizations over the past year have been the accountability. Well, that's what I'm is saying, that I, what you, we seem meet?
0: To, you seem to be talking, like you. one of those things where you hear that word thrown around a lot, and, and I've, I've talked about it too, but like you seem yeah. to be a, a product of that, of holding all those people in, in whatever. Yeah,
1: so, and I don't know if I would even use the word accountable, you know, I think it is setting up, um A fair way you know a system that's fair to the employee fair to the company and fair to me as the owner yeah we all have to win right and so I feel like most people if they are given a clear picture of what they're supposed to be doing and then they know that every week they're going to come in and have to show their results Mm -hmm. then they either quit they do their job right and so that's really and not only do their job but they're excited about their job yeah because it it,
0: it becomes difficult whenever you're running a business and you don't really spell out those intentions up front and then you're just kind of trying to figure it out or also like i've seen a lot where people they don't want to delegate things or they do but they don't really state what those clear expectations are they just say yeah we need to get this done yeah they're like okay well who specifically is going to do it because Unfortunately, everyone's not like you and they're not going to take full initiative to figure yeah. out a fucking spreadsheet and a breakdown of yeah. how this needs to operate more. It's like you have to sit down and say, okay, you you're doing this, you're doing that. You're doing this and make play on each other's strengths or, or whatever yeah. the, well, I think this you just said right?
1: it right. Is that your bet, your best, you know, when you hit your sweet spot, it's when everybody on the team is doing things that they, have the ability to do yeah not only have the ability to do because I can go and do certain things that just drain me and it leads to burnout right but it's things that I thrive at doing that you know and so part of that is a. Uh, Knowing everybody's, we use the Enneagram assessment, but it's pretty much just a personality or where your strengths are. And so, like when you we think hire, that's that accurate, like do you, do you, oh, 100%, you put a lot of stake in that. 100 percent, really. Yes. So you use that to to then
0: decide what what position that person needs to hold, or I actually or more, more like focused on what they need to, I guess, what they need to work on, even though they're in said position. Yeah, I don't, I, don't
1: I don't know because you know there's another assessment, the Strength Finder, it, and that's great too, but. I feel so. You really have to start with what the job is, right. the job description, and then I can I can know based off a job description what Enneagram type or what strength Strength Finders assessment's going to do that job well. Okay, and so we we actually make them do those assessments before we even interview them okay because i don't want to waste can't you my time. Bullshit those time.
0: assessments i mean don't you feel like you can bullshit those assessments uh
1: not? well i think that those assessments allow me to ask the right questions okay the and then interview. you can then you can verify if yeah. they're full of shit. Or yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 so then i can just so i can ask pointed questions because i know what um uh, i know you know I can ask, yeah, I can ask scenarios and I know like what frustration looks like for, say, a one on the Enneagram versus a seven on the Enneagram, right? And so, um, so, yeah, it's great. I, I mean, I, I love even, it. I don't even know where
0: I fall on that. Yeah, thing. you need to take it. So, I mean, <laughs> I we think, have, I feel like in I fact,
1: haven't. at Berkshire Hathaway, every one of our agents have an Enneagram assessment on file. Yeah. Because it's the same way, right? I know a one who is going to be somewhat introverted, has to have order, can't, you know, does not involve in chaos. They don't really do well at creating processes. They do unbelievable at following a process, but you can't go ask them to create. Right. Right. And so then you take a one, if I was going to say, all right. Here's a stack of 500 names and numbers, you need to cold call these people. They wouldn't get through the first name. Okay. right or they would get through one and go to the bathroom and cry right right so now a seven or an eight or a three which is a high achiever they would blast through it right and they they wouldn't get offended by it you still believe in that in, in the cold call thing like or is it is it more a volume thing or a, a, like a, approach of marketing like, well I mean I think that it, it I think it comes down again to your personality you know and that's why I think that uh, we have a great trainer misty on staff who really digs into what drives you and makes you t- Tick, and she will give you, give each agent a runway based off of that, you know, and so I think that's a, that is a big. Thing and I think that that's a mistake that a lot of brokerages make and they say, well, this is just one way to do it. That's and i, think I say, just, e- a, Even in the interview process, like they just if you have a, the
0: same exact loaded questions for everyone, you know what I mean. It, it doesn't make sense if you kind of vet them a little bit beforehand yeah. and say, okay, what do I'm dealing with walking in the room, and then okay, I know now they may be better fit for this scenario, and that's how I'm going to drive these questions to see how they react. Because yeah. I'm managing people now for eight, nine years. I don't know mm-hmm. a long fucking time. Actually, almost probably over <laughs> ten, and it's like. I've noticed that there's, there's some type of people that you can, you can say, and I, I've learned this too. One, you have to always remember that I, and I know, you know, this, they're never going to give a shit like you do. Yeah. They don't have any stake in it. So yeah. they're not going to you, you can't yeah. expect them to, and you can't get upset when they don't, mm-hmm. which is very hard to swallow for most people, especially mm-hmm. small business owners. I mm-hmm. see that every day they, they get so upset. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. you're paying them for a task. That's what they're going to do. You shouldn't expect anything over more than that. And if you get that, then Maybe you should, you know, give them yeah. a raise or something. Okay, oh, yeah, then now they're taking initiative. But I've noticed that I've I've hired people that I would expect to go do the same thing and say, "Look, it's this easy. You do this, this, and this, and here you go." And then they can't do it, man. They well, have to have I processes. That, and you know, and
1: I think that that's why I I want to eliminate. Uh, we're never going to be a hundred percent on hiring, no, right? No, but, it is. But we've 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 gotten a pretty high percentage by by knowing what they're going to excel at and not excel at and what's going to frustrate them and not frustrate them. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, but you know, and I and even going back to that word accountability, this is something that, uh, my coach taught me, I have a business coach. And, uh, he said, this is great. He said, if you ask for permission, it's not accountability. Or he would say, if you ask for permission, it's not micromanaging. So if you go and say, Hey, um, uh, You know, I see that you need to work on this area and Mm -hmm. say, will you allow me to help you get to that. Okay. And then you say, how, how would you like me to follow up and see how you're progressing? Yeah. Right. And so then you kind of let them. So when you do call them and say, Hey, it's been a week and I see this isn't done. They've already given you the permission to do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I have noticed that that's something I've been bad about is uh well over the years just expecting someone to do something cuz I said it and not and I didn't really give them the um my I hate that fucking word tools but you know what I mean? like yeah, I didn't give them the um the playing field or the format yeah. or whatever Equip, what my, they weren't equipped yeah I, they weren't equipped yes yeah. they weren't equipped I just expected them to figure it out and unfortunately mm-hmm. that's not the case of most people you know yeah. for me I'm the type of person I'm going to figure it out because yeah. like it's sink or swim right yeah. but then some people they just need a little nudge you yeah. know it's not a it's no no fault of that's just the type of person they are give yeah. me a little nudge where I've noticed also that like you have to be careful on how you ask people to do things because at the same time a lot of people put emotion in a task which is Mm -hmm. interesting to me because I don't you know I just see it as a task we're going to get through this and go to the next thing get through this and sometimes that can keep keep you detached from what it is like you're doing but at the same time I'm passionate about what I do Mm -hmm. but I don't put emotion in one task after another task because I just feel like it's not efficient I guess one and also two, like it's it's just something that's gonna
1: lead to the next thing to the next thing
0: you know yeah yeah
1: yeah I mean look when you're managing multiple people you just have to know how to you know you have to know how to praise them how to reprimand them yeah. how to set up goals right and it, man it just it, you really could go into a deep dive and I'm kind of a, a personality nerd because there's like a bunch of assessments that I right. like yeah <laughs> uh, and then the newest one and this is a whole another rabbit trail but the new one we just me and me and my wife just did was a primal questions or a primal fear that okay. there are seven primal questions that everybody possesses that's shaped out of your childhood. Okay. And those seven questions are the underlying question that we look through the filter that we look everything through. And so I think it's, uh, Josh, can you pull those I, up Prom- seven primal questions? Uh, am I safe? Am I secure? Am I loved? Am I wanted? Am I successful? Am I good enough? And do I have a purpose? okay and it's pretty crazy because when you start looking at that and what's crazy about me even my wife she said yours is am i successful and when i actually dug into it and started reading it uh so that's that's the affirmation that's the affirmation so instead of asking the question it's the same thing as am i safe safe. am i secure secure. Yeah. yeah and so but what's cool about it is so for me, people think it's, am I successful? My best friend and my wife thought that, what you, but what, mine is actually, am I wanted? How did you, how did you There's upon an assessment that? I went through, but then there's a vid, there's like a video in the, in, in kind of an assign not an assignment, but a, uh, kind of a, what are, you know, what are you thinking? The questions you ask yourself, they call it the scramble, right? Whenever, whenever I'm in a bad place, my mind goes to a scramble. right Right. and and it's you know so if if someone is are you secure usually it has to do with financial so their scramble is do I have enough money what's gonna happen if you know this deal doesn't go through I'm gonna have to sell my house you know my wife's gonna leave me my kids aren't gonna be able to do this right that's the scramble right and so uh, so then what you want to do is surround yourself with people that know who you are so the whole reason me and Laurie were going through it was um. Hers is. Am I loved? Okay. And so my job is to reaffirm her that she's loved. Right. Right. And that's birthed out of, you know, being the youngest child out of three, maybe she wasn't hurt as a kid. She wasn't, uh, she was maybe not neglected, but her opinion didn't matter. Right. And so for me, I I don't know. I need to go to therapy to figure out why, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but they do say that the middle child is a lot of times fall on Q4. Am I wanted? Um, because the middle child tends to, you know, the middle child syndrome is what they call it. Right. Is you just kind of feel like, uh, so uh, yeah dude so it's really so for me i went through this and was kind of did a deep dive and i'm like okay all of my i'll start with my leaders they need to do it as well because i need to know as a leader what is the underlying question they're waking up every day asking themselves
0: like why do you think it is whoever someone way smarter than us come up with this right like yeah. also like why do you think it is that it's only seven why can't it be eight or why can't it be yeah, six? like you I know like know. where do they where do they find this like these i mean are the, these they the might
1: and they might have added on to it i, I don't know how they actually got this uh and got to this this you know to these seven but well uh it's very i think it is interesting i had no idea
0: i mean i never heard this one but i, I like that you brought it up because yeah. i i struggle with that like i don't know i don't like did you know were you aware of that or did you think it was something else too so what's when they crazy said something is, you,
1: like that must be mine too yeah so what's crazy is the past week i've been reflecting on Uh, instances in my life where my emotions were really high or vivid, vivid instances. I can remember feeling trauma from, or feeling betrayal or feeling left out. And those were all like, that's what it had to do with. It never had to do with being scared about money. It never had to be about well, did they think I was, you know, I have a lot of confidence, so it wasn't, am I good enough? Mm-hmm. But it always comes down to, you know, am I wanted? And uh, do um, do the people around me want me there? That's interesting. Yeah, it's very I, interesting. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. But you're... what's here's what's crazy about it is that whatever our question is, we view it as a negative way for us. Right. But we we turn that. So in other words, my question is, am I wanted? And so I spend my time as a leader, wanting people to feel included. Mm-hmm. And so, because the people that have am gonna, I wanted, they're really good team builders. That. They're bringing project. people yeah. in and making them feel right accepted or feel apart. And and so, uh, so yeah, so like the am I safe? You know, somebody that might have lived grew up in a. Um, household that there was a lot of fighting or, you know, that they just didn't feel safe. And so Mm -hmm. early on, that's their question. And they bring that to adulthood and they're the ones that are just overly cautious about everything. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, so overly secure people are hoarders of their money. They think that, you know, they probably grew up in a poor household and now they are overly cautious about um, making sure that they never run out of money. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. So yeah, that I'll is uh, interesting. Well, I, I do. Do you ever wonder? Like, I always
0: think about this. I'm like, okay, are we getting so either complacent, successful, or just bored to where we start looking at all this? Because when you're in like grind mode and you're busting your ass, you don't worry about any of this stuff. You know what I mean? Well, like, when do you start reflecting? Do you think it's? Do you think as you slow down and you start realizing what really matters? But I feel like it takes. You to get to certain point a certain point in your life before you can even slow down and start
1: reflecting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think that now for sure, because we have you know, if I think about my kids, yeah. They haven't felt needy a day in their life. Right. You know? And so we, we do have a very comfortable culture where we have eliminated pain and obstacles. Mm -hmm. And so when you're going through, you know, and I feel like if, if it's not, if that tension's not there when they're growing up, when they turn into adults, they just going to be blindsided when they get in the real world. Right. It's unfortunate, man. It's like, it's
0: like a give and take because you can't be too far one way or the other way. It's like balancing, right? You gotta, you gotta show them some, some sort of failure
1: and. You know fatigue, whereas also you got you don't have to make their life live in hell. You know it's weird. Well, and I think part of that is being uh, transparent. You know, and and just being like, hey, you know, this is what we deal with, and of course that comes with appropriate ages. You know, my oldest is 15 years old, and we're having a blast with him because he is like, you know, it's just crazy parenting a teenager, and uh, you know, and I can see how I. I can see how one day I want us to be best friends. Yeah. Right. And obviously, that's a whole other issue whenever pe- parents try to be best yeah, friends too yeah, early. Yeah. But I can see it because we enjoy having time with him. We, all of our kids, we're going to take them on a trip after their eighth grade year, fourth, ninth grade. And so we took, he picked, he wanted to go to New York City. So it was just me and my wife and him. And we just had a blast, you know, just the funnest time. And so, um, but even him, you know, it's like, he hasn't had to worry about having nice clothes. Right. He's had his own room mm-hmm. his whole life pretty much like, you know, and I grew up sharing a room with my brother yeah. and we didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, a uh, yeah. So it just makes you think. What is so, int- I mean, it's just funny how it plays out. It's like, you want to do the most for,
0: for your kids that way they don't, go through the same things as you do but you also have to be careful that if you do too
1: much then yeah you know it's like a, I feel like it's an uphill battle no matter what yeah well <laughs> then it's like even I was thinking about this other day you know six the, with AI and technology being so fast in their adulthood like we can't even imagine right now what like my four-year-old no no. we can't even imagine when he gets into the workforce in 20 years what it's going to be like right we couldn't imagine
0: like look at our predecessors like look at our like our parents like they couldn't imagine what we're going through now yeah Yeah. and we couldn't imagine if you were to take this technology and put it in my hands at eight years old i would lose my shit oh you know what i mean like think about it but it yeah it's something so, that's you're groomed with, I guess. So it's a slow trickle. It's not like a dump, you know. Yeah. We can't imagine it because it would be like a dump. But if yeah. it's
1: like a slow trickle into your development, then it's yeah. something that's just there. Well, and I think that, and this is where this is where the this is where everything's been flipped upside down. The paradigm shift that's going to happen over the next few years is that when we were growing up, our parents, in their mind, right. In, in, in our parents' mind, for us to be successful, what career did we need to go into? Law. Be a lawyer. Architect. Yeah. A doctor. doctor. Yeah, or, yeah, 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 All these things, right? And it's, and you're using your mind. Yeah. Well, we've already, I mean, I've seen so many videos and, and read blogs over the past year, two years, of how... know these people are like oh we just saved like hundreds of thousands of dollars by letting go our attorney that we had on retainer yeah because ai has given us better answers than our attorney that was on retainer right and then self-diagnosing with you know whatever your ailments are at home and so i feel like the people that are going to be have the best careers and be paid the most money in the future are going to actually be people that have technical skills most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely.
0: But on the advert of that, you mean technical and tech, it like, hundred percent in technology or in everything.
1: No, just like te- like being able to create with their hands or right. be able to fix things, yeah. right? I mean you think of that. How many mechanics? It's, do a, you know? Start, man. it's <laughs> yeah, a lost art. It's a lost art. When can crazy. you tell
0: like our entire generation? No one ever said I wanted to be a mechanic. Actually yeah. I did. I I did it for a year and then went straight into the little field. I was like, fuck, this is not enough money. You know <laughs> so what I mean? But I have I a, what <laughs> so
1: I do have, you know, out of property management I've had a few companies start like roofing, plumbing, right. HVAC. And I'm just thinking like AI can never replace those trades. No. It's so you're always going to have to have until something. it and
0: becomes sentient in a in a, in a, in a, in a something that represents us yeah right well, when it comes awesome. to that then it can i, I would buy a robot that yeah, could be my boyfriend I mean. we're oh, not sorry. we're not far from it See, it's listening now. <laughs> it's listening to no, that's my, <laughs> that was my
1: That was my fat wrist hitting my watch. You could say uh, that. I think it was something
0: else. <laughs> it, was it might have.
1: Maybe it did, did it? So, no, I think that, uh, yeah, they're interrupting. They don't like this conversation. No, how it's going. No. But it, it is It's To funny. the millions of people that have listened to this.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny that so many, like, this conversation is brought up a lot. And um, especially now, because we've seen it evolved over the past year. I was just having this conversation earlier with a yeah. client. It's um, We've seen it evolved over this past year. And I think it's important that that in my industry, in in what I do, it is very very beneficial. But it could be immediately detrimental to your business because what's going to happen is, if you come one hundred percent dependent upon it, then everyone else in your industry is dependent upon it. Maybe it's your competition, maybe it's yeah. whatever. Then everything overlaps and it's all the same thing, and then no yeah. one's creating Nothing anything unique. anymore. Sure. So nothing's unique, nothing's organic. So I am pushing against it. I I like it. I like the idea of it being a tool to guide you. Yeah. But I do not think, I don't do not think it's a great I- idea for you to use something to, to replace whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. Like, I don't think yeah. it should. 100%
1: well, I mean, the, you'll never be able to replace human connection. Right, right. Of course. And you know, that's always been the, the thing in our industry, you know, thinking back to 10, 15 years ago, Zillow came out and you know, the real estate industry has changed so much because Man, everybody yeah. has, uh, all of the, you know, Back in the day, the brokers controlled listings and they would have a big old box of keys at their office. If you want to go show a property, you came and checked out a key, right? And you, there was no internet, right? They would yeah. come, They would come to your office and pull a list of what you had listed, right? And so now with the information so rampant, but I actually, you know, I'm actually on the school of thought that the more noise in the marketplace, the more important a human connection is. Someone you can trust, right? Yeah. Someone you can say, "Hey, are you talking about if it's like a, a hotter market?" Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. just saying, "Hey, I saw this on the news. I right, googled right, right, this right, right. house. You know, this is saying my house is worth this. This is saying my house is worth this." Like having someone to really guide you that you trust. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, essentially, so, that's
0: what a real estate agent is—a
1: consultant, yeah. and right? And I think that, and I think that people will pay for that trust, and they'll pay for that, uh, you know, that advice. There's a lot of people who say, "I don't
0: need one. I can do it myself." Yes, you can do anything yourself. I have this yeah. conversation my wife's a proponent of like, she's like, well, I don't understand this, this and this. Cause you can just do it yourself. I'm like, yeah, you can just, I can just replace the transmission in your car and yeah. the driveway. If I really want to, it's just a yeah. matter of what, at what point do you decide you're going to delegate that? or are you are yeah. going to do it yourself? Oh, you yeah. know what I mean, yeah. and then it, and then it's like, what is your, what experience do you have yeah. to like source that information? Yeah. Like, yes, you can do a lot of research, but is there specific scenarios you've been in? And this is applies to everything. Mm-hmm. Like, like our industry, she's like, It just seems crazy to me that this is what we do for a living sometimes. It's basically we're selling air, but we're we're assisting people through these processes in their business. And I'm like, Yeah, because one either one they don't have time. Like it's inefficient to stop their operations of what they're doing to stop and try to focus on this, whereas it they just will delegate that to someone. And that's what it is. The same thing with plumbing. You could Google how to fix your toilet, you know, but what if you fuck it up you know and then it's like okay well i haven't been in a scenario where there's no there's no youtube video about me messing this up and then yeah. how do i fix that you know it's yeah. just like here's how to do it well what if you yeah. fuck it up? you know like yeah. there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things to where yes i think those yeah. things are needed and i wanted to ask you that because it's like there's so many people that say well i don't need that person yeah. you know in in yeah. your industry and also there's yeah. so many people that I don't know there's just gonna be people that like want to watch this because what you what you are in this market Mm -hmm. and they think it's important to get Mm -hmm. you know that information from you Mm -hmm. like what are your thoughts on that like what are your thoughts on selling what it is the services that you provide
1: yeah well I mean the truth is there are some people that you don't want right Right. I mean there are in any industry there are going to be people that are in it for the money that are in it you know for their own glory, but you know, whenever I think of real estate specifically, just because I'm in that industry, you know, the the heart of a real estate professional is serv- is being a servant, yeah, right. And and that's that's what it is. And the real estate professionals or real estate agents, whatever you want to call them, the ones that focus on service and providing high level of service, growing their knowledge, obviously growing your knowledge because it helps you serve your clients better. Uh, they're not gonna have any problem they don't it doesn't matter what the economy's doing they're going to not have any trouble finding yeah clients to help yeah and so but the ones that are chasing paychecks and just trying to you know get the next closing you, to the dude, table that's, I see that so much
0: really <laughs> yeah. I really do see that so much so I know it's yeah. important I know like I, I just I'm in like this has been something and I've I've like like I've Told I've told you about this a little bit, mm-hmm. but like I'm such against how some people in that industry market themselves. Yeah, because it's like I don't think it's that important to boast on how much volume you did. Do you, to think that that's something that will make someone pick you, whereas yeah. it's more to boast on this is this is how I connected with my client and yeah. how we delivered anything. And the, the fact of mm-hmm. that you did X amount of volume per year really doesn't make yeah. a shit, you know, in my opinion,
1: because- Well, it does, you know, when people are playing that game, it's really a peer-to-peer. I understand, game, but that's right? the problem, right? <laughs> yeah, because of the
0: peer-to-peer thing, yeah, it's, it's just a competition. Using, yeah, you're not like, making money off You're of spending the time on, yeah. on worrying about your yeah. clout in the market yeah. Yeah. instead of spending yeah. time on investing in your potential clientele yeah. or your previous clientele. Yeah. And that's what I've noticed. And that's what I, because I told you, I was like, man, I really want to teach like a fucking seminar on this shit because yeah. I want to say, look, there's a way to brand yourself. There's a way to market yourself. Mm-hmm. And the, the most important thing you need to stop and look at is you do not need to look like anyone else. Yeah. And if you're all running to chase the same fucking rabbit mm-hmm. that at some point, like one, you're all going to look like the same person, yeah. you know, whereas if that one person yeah. veers off and goes a different direction. Mm-hmm. Then it's a whole new race because guess what no one's watching them you yeah. know and they're the one getting things done it's yeah. just it's very interesting well, and it's I like that it's like that in a lot of industries it's not yeah. just real estate it's sure. just it's just any time where you have a self-employed individual that's that's marketing themselves yeah. you know and they're they do not really have like there's no playbook yeah
1: well i think that you know for me and this is my school of thought and look and it comes down to personality and, and a lot of things but i feel like the if you want to set yourself apart and let's be honest this is really any in industry as well but if you want to set yourself apart then be authentic yeah and that's what's going to resonate with people and even but here's,
0: here's the here's the thing about that yeah. that's preached so much that everyone's authentic authenticity is still misconstrued right now because they're still basing that on something they've
1: seen well <laughs> you know so I mean? then my question is you know my question is: the actions we take—is it to shine the light on someone else or shine the light on us? Exactly, and most of the so time, a lot it's of times us. we're shining light on us, hey, even though it's under the umbrella of being authentic. And this is why I, I wanted to bring this up. I
0: had—I was just—I thought this. I was like, I'm going to bring this up if this conversation ever comes up. So now I just did. So this is great. All right. So when someone dies, okay, immediately what you see is a flood of posts of you that person and the individual that dies, instead yeah. of just posting a picture of that individual, we still want to have some attachment to that attention. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an issue and think yeah. about it. Like mm-hmm. if someone of if your loved one dies, you don't post a picture of them. You post mm-hmm. a picture of you and them. Mm-hmm. And it's because we want relevancy. Even, yeah. even, even in the darkest days of it being using someone's yeah. non-existence anymore yeah. to still make us feel relevant. Yeah. And that's an issue, man. It's yeah. a disconnection. And there's, and that happens in a lot of things. It's not just that it's yeah. like, Hey, we just – a buyer just, you know, congratulations to my buyer. And
1: you're in the photo. Like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> like, or you know? the yard signs with your picture yeah. Yeah, taking yeah. up half the sign. Yeah, it's anything, Yeah, so man. I think that, look, and, I, you know. I'm not hating on any
0: of it. I just I, – it's just – it's something that – it's uncharted territory that, that we have to realize that, okay, these things – this is how you operate, and you know most importantly to get to that end goal, you have to focus on whoever it is you're serving. Yeah. And if you're not putting all of your focus on them, and yeah. you're putting some on you, then you're not to the you live you're not to your fullest potential. What you could do yeah. for that potential individual and other people. Yeah,
1: yeah. One of uh, one of the best resources I have, and we've gone through it with our uh, with our agents, uh, is a uh, Donald Miller has a curriculum called Story Branding, and he has a book called Story Branding. Uh, he has several books, which Donald Miller is an author that goes way back. I remember reading him when I was like 19 years old. He was reading, he was writing Christian philosophy books, and they started re- writing business books. But Story Brand, the whole concept of Story Branding is that every story has a hero, and we are the hero of our own stories. Yeah. But if we are going to be in a sales position, the the winning uh.
0: i'm extremely particular when it comes to my vehicles and i only recommend those here the same way that's why i always recommend sbc autos they take pride in their inventory from badass full-wheel drives clean classic cars and even your everyday grocery getters they have it all no hassle no bs sbcautos.com
1: uh the people that win are really good at making their clients the hero Mm -hmm. right because then he also says you know if you look at the parts of a story there's a hero but then there's also a helper Mm -hmm. right for every luke skywalker there's a yoda yeah right and we the most successful and longest um winning uh people in sales positions especially in real estate are the ones that position themselves as the helper Uh, is that they are shining the light on the hero and so what happens is when we take off the yoda hat and put on the luke skywalker hat and start talking about how great we've Mm -hmm. done it turns the client base off right because they're like well wait Am I the hero or are they the hero? Right. And right. am I doing this to pay
0: them? Like, yeah. not are they doing this to help me? Exactly. And that's what happens. Yeah. And that's what I've noticed. I noticed that multiple industries doing this for eight years now is looking at how everyone interacts. Because I'm analytical, but I'm, I'm culture analytical. Like I pay attention. Like I don't look at the stats and the numbers. I look at the the behavior. Yeah. And then I analyze the behavior and I say, okay, if I can market an individual or a company, I'm going to do it different than anyone else yeah. and still achieve a goal. One, I need to do it in a way that's never been done or a unique way of way that has been done, you know, Mm -hmm. but just a little, maybe put a twist on it, but also Mm -hmm. looking at that. And it it is, it's just interesting that so many people, it, the ones that rise to the very top and they're the pillar of that, they're not paying attention to any of that nonsense. They're they're just looking at the end goal, like you said, of their, of whoever it is they're serving.
1: Yeah. And so that's another big thing that I see in this, again, in the end, any industry It's just real estate's in my face. Right. But... The trap of focusing on things you have no control over. Yup, <laughs> and that is just a huge. I mean, that's that goes into your personal life, everything. But like you know, if I'm if I'm talking to an agent or an employee or whatever that's frustrated, right? I'm I'm just digging in. Well, you know, all all of your feelings are coming from things you have no control over. Yeah. So let's go through what you can control in this instance, right? You can't control the the government changing the interest rates right i was gonna bring that you up next because everyone's gonna mention that right you can't you can't control the pandemic happening yeah. you can't control all these things right so then what is it that's in your control you, and, you know and it usually comes down to just very few actionable items right And mm-hmm. so i tell my agents all the time and they know this but like we can control three things there's only three things we have control over our attitude what we do with our time and how we spend our time, right? Or our actions that we spend in our calendar, our time mm-hmm. that we set. And, and that's really what we can control. Other than that, we can't, we can't control another agent on the other end of the deal. We can't control our clients and how they react. We can't control the lint, all the process of we can't control any of that. Well, you can't,
0: you can't use any of those elements that you can't control as excuses for why you're not doing anything either. Yeah. Because like you, you should, you're going to have to like, in any industry whether you're doing customer relationships and sales is you have to roll with the punches and you have to adapt mm-hmm. so like interest rates go up guess what your deliverables better go up you know what mm-hmm. i mean like you yeah. better start approaching things differently oh, yeah. and spend more time on customer relationship than you did yeah. before because you didn't have to as much because the struggle wasn't there yeah. Oh, yeah. when there's a lot more competition everyone seems to yeah. either either rise to the occasion or fold yeah. same thing with covid like yeah. things were processes changed the entire oh, yeah. paradigm shift and if you weren't if you didn't choose to go along with that, yeah. guess what? You were left in the dust and you were mm-hmm. blaming that. It's just kind of like the autonomous car and the truck driver. Mm-hmm. Eventually the truck driver is gonna be obsolete. Yep. And when that happens, they're gonna say, well, they took my job. Well, you knew it was coming for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one yeah. of those things that's interesting. And yeah. it's what I've noticed, especially well, in, in my industry is that I just, now I'm just like, you know what? A lot of people can do this at home. A lot of people can do this on their device. A lot of people in other businesses do this. But I just refu- I'm going to be the hardest motherfucking worker in the room. <laughs> like, yeah. and if I'm that, yeah. then at least you're you I'm going to be probably one of the last ones to be killed. You know what I yeah. mean? And, yeah. and 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 continue to adapt along the way. You yeah. know?
1: Yeah, and I you know I think that you said you know you can't use those things out of your control as an excuse. But no. the problem is is that we have ingrained in our our mindset and the way that we think and our devices i mean we are literally letting poison in mm-hmm. from the moment we wake mm-hmm. up and you know the biggest i mean just the huge huge trap that i see in in my in the real estate profession but again i see it everywhere but uh, we like to compare ourselves yeah. to other people right yeah, I mean, we, and we're com- in our face all day long yeah so what we're doing though is that we're since nobody's being authentic on Facebook or whatever the cool thing is now. I mean, right. I'm, I'm, I'm old, so I'm on Facebook in my space. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so well, what we do is we, we, we compare our true selves, because we're the only ones that know our true selves. Mm. We compare our true selves to someone else's best self, because they're only putting their best self on of social course. media. Yeah, of yeah, And so it's always a losing m- manner, right? You're setting yourself so, up for failure. Or... Or the pendulum swings the other way, right? Because if we do that, then we become defeated. The other one is that we see someone who's struggling, and then we, we compare how our, we're doing it better. So then we become prideful, right? And so it's just always just this, this You know what's funny about
0: all this is if we were in a society that was horrible and that we were in anguish, and low wages, Mm -hmm. and not enough going on, like, culture, and just pure shambles. We don't care about any of this shit. Yeah. We're doing so well, man. Yeah. As as a whole, as a society, in this country, and how we operate, we're doing so well. Yeah. To start microanalyzing all these things, Mm -hmm. you know? It's just interesting to me, because I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about that, I'm looking at that, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. while we're all arguing about this shit, we're not at war i mean yeah kind of we're dabbling in other people's war like we're but we're we're amongst ourselves yeah because we don't have anyone else to fight right now yeah
1: you know well and i think that that's really the the struggle's not there and when you think of generations that are refined they're refined through a struggle right and uh you know i think uh you know this is a analogy i heard a guy share one time and uh He just said, you know, the only reason a butterfly is able to fly when it breaks out is because he he builds muscles breaking out of the cocoon. And so he's in there and it's like, he has to struggle to break out and that gives him the muscles to fly. And so even talking about the pandemic, I've told our real estate agents like, the ones that are gonna go through what we're in right now with our market being down 25%, those are gonna be the ones that come out really well yeah. refined. And, wow, and, swinging. and a lot of people are just gonna quit, right? Yeah. Because they remember the easy days two or three years ago. And so uh, I think so it's, it's definitely funny. a
0: refinement. It's so funny. And then you have those people that they see others doing well and they talk shit. Because within themselves, they know they're not they're not achieving those things because they're not living to their fullest potential. Yeah. you know. And then you sit there yeah. like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, we're all, we're all, like, but you then, said, you all, know,
1: but then it even goes back This this. Why I think everybody listening should go and do that assessment with the, the primal questions because to have to justify why you're successful or not successful it's being fed by one of those questions. What do you define success as at this point in your life for me? Cause I know it's shifted. I'm sure. A uh, good question. You know, I was at a, in 2000, uh, 15, 2016, 2015, 2016 had uh, two two kids, a seven year old and a two year old at the time, I believe, and uh, my wife was pregnant with our third, and uh, I, I had to make it. I had to make some changes because mm-hmm. I was I was getting burned out. I was I just knew if I kept going down the path I was going my i was going to lose my family i was going to um my uh you know my wife would be bitter towards work and so i made changes you know so some of those things that um i adopted early on was that i wasn't going to work on weekends um that i was going to be home at a normal time every day Mm -hmm. and i still do that you know i i uh i'll be at home today you know most days maybe in the past month i got home at 5 p.m. once yeah i'm usually there at 4 or 4:30 yeah and i don't work on the weekend i don't even have a capacity to work on the weekends i don't have a computer at my house that lets me work my son has a pc but i'm a mac guy so I don't, you know <laughs> I, I tried to get on the other day and couldn't even create a pdf so yeah. i just gave up but yeah so so i think that uh i think success man it, it, success is really has to do with uh you know the uh just the joy I have in my life you know I think that uh uh I like to uh you know like one of the things is me and my wife starting around that time we started traveling a lot and so we still travel all the time you know I mean like we have a planned trip a trip plan in March we have one in April we'll go on family vacation in May we have our anniversary trip in July and uh, every single weekend we get a babysitter And it's nice my son's old enough to babysit now about yeah. 75 <laughs> yeah. bucks a weekend but uh, we we do a date night every single weekend and uh, those are just man that that's really it you know as we and that's really the the crazy thing about being self-employed and being an entrepreneur and, and being you know people even real people getting into real estate right because we want freedom and we want money well majority of people that think that way they get into it and realize it's anything but that yeah. right they're working twice as much and they're not making near as much money and so uh, so yeah so man that, that's a good one how to define success you know I mean I think that a lot of it is uh, just going to be how my kids uh, um, how they view life and how they go through life. I mean, that's just what, that's what brings me joy. So I guess living a joy filled life would be successful for me. And so seeing that and, uh, just parenting brings me a lot of joy. Um, you know getting to spend time with my wife and new adventures and we just have a long list of places we want to go and you know and i've made a lot of changes since then you know i've lost weight i went through a couple really tough surgeries because i was like look i'm 40 years old and i want to do these things yeah and so i'm going to try yeah, you had to, some major major yeah injuries. So, injuries. so but it was just like because i i wanted to do things it's funny because mm-hmm. my uh 10 year old who's about to turn 11 Last week came to me, and he's getting made fun of at school because he can't get on YouTube. We don't let him on YouTube. And uh, he's like, well, why, when can I start getting on YouTube? And, you know, and I just told him, I said, look, there there are things I want to do every single day that I'm not allowed to do.
0: That's a good because, analogy, I guess. Yeah. Because
1: I have a vision of who I want to be as a person. Yeah. And I just told him, I said, man, you know there are things on youtube that you're just too young to see right now and that's going to shape who we want you to become and who you want to become and who god wants you to become and so uh but you know i was kind of preaching to myself reminding myself like there are just things in light of where i want to be and what i want to see happen you know there's are just things uh so part of that's having the right people in my life you know telling me the right things i told him he needs to get new friends but make <laughs> get yeah man if like, yeah
0: but i mean dude kids being a kid's a tough man thing you got to think of oh, all yeah. the all the shit you got shamed for and it completely out of your control like maybe you didn't have some money to have a game boy and everybody had one or, you know just any weird oh, shit yeah. or your shoes were horrible I, I grew up that way i'm sure you did oh, too yeah. like so we never really wanted for anything we had what we needed yeah but there was always those people that had a lot you oh, know yeah. we just had the, the bare minimum but oh, like yeah. I think I, I I viewed success as like something I used to view success as was like money and access. Yeah, that was my thing. Money and access. I have money, yeah. have access, to everything. Do what I want to do. Yeah, and it's it's slowly shifted over time. And it's because I found someone I want to spend the rest of my life with. Have yeah. kids now. You know, it's like yeah. I'm now defining it more as like joy and peace. Yeah, that's true. where I'm at. You know, it's like yeah. I I enjoy time with them. I enjoy time with my wife my kids. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy the peace of of. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, but I've just found people like I'm unbothered, man. I'm so unbothered. Yeah. Like nothing bothers yeah. me anymore. Like yeah. it's, so, it's very hard to explain to people. Mm-hmm. They get an the uproar about this or that. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, like we're going through some transitions with the new business and stuff like that. And people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you, did, you know, this mm-hmm. is, I'm just like, look, man, I don't even care. I'm just going to just mm-hmm. I'm gonna persevere, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, and I think that we have a culture that defines freedom. The, the freedom that's being defined by culture is anything but freedom, you know? Yeah. And freedom isn't having all the money and access you want right because then because then you gain you gain things that you don't want to lose now you're slave to those things (laughs) right and so like it's anything but freedom yeah and i think that freedom really comes through being known right and that's another thing too man with this is just another thing i've been weighing on i can't remember who said it to me or but we as humanity we were not designed to have as much Connection. Oh no, most that definitely we have. I've had
0: that conversation, and we have, times, and yeah. we
1: have too many people yes. have access we, to we us. We were designed. We were designed to be tribal. Yeah, like we ha- we Our a neighbors, group, a group <laughs> yeah, of
0: individuals yeah. that we stuck to, and yeah. we fought the other individuals to stay alive. Like yeah. it, was a, it was a matter of life and now, or death. And
1: now, literally, we have put pressure on ourselves through social media, mainly to impress all these people who guess what, they don't care. And and
0: yeah, we want to be so interconnected that we ta- we take their life and make it our ideology and mission yeah. it has nothing to do with us yeah. and we lose focus of who we are because we tie ourselves to some type of initiative that's going on that's probably created by some other thing to try to break us mm-hmm. down And that's what it's doing inherently yeah. you know what i mean well, and not to get you on know, like a conspiracy thing yeah. but just like a look at it it's everything's by design and people are so foolish enough to think that like it doesn't matter if so-and-so called someone something like who
1: gives a yeah. shit like just, just do best person do the best you can do yeah you know yeah. well, I think that uh, for me, one of the things that I've worked through and this has really come through um through going to therapy is uh who has access to you. And that's been a big deal for me because being a seven on the enneagram, like I want everybody to like me. And right. I want to be wanted. That's Are you my saying final question. Too many people access to you. Yeah, too okay. many people have access to me. Okay, and so does I that wanted. Make, was that was that?
0: But why is that? Is that does that make you become easily like? What is that? What's the downfall of that? I guess in business, not so much in personal.
1: Um, in business, too many people have an access to me. Um, I know that based off of my personality, certain information is going to trigger me and send me into the scramble. Okay. Right? Okay. And ultimately it doesn't matter. So this is
0: about your well being, not theirs.
1: It's about yeah, correct. But but not to say that someone can't anyone can't at any time approach you with it. The well issue there's of two question. things that had to happen, right? right? One, I had to replace myself right. to give the people underneath me someone they can go talk to. Mm-hmm. But the second thing I had to do was I had to train the people around me to be filters, you know? And so I was, uh, this summer, one of my therapy sessions, uh, I, I'd mentioned how I had heard something that really bothered me and my therapist, Clint, who's been on your podcast, yeah, he said, uh, he said, well, why did you even hear that information? I said, well, so-and-so told me. And he said, well, why did you let him tell you? <laughs> and I said, well, I probably wanted him to at the moment. <laughs> And he just said, man, you have got to tell the people around you what they can say to you and not. Okay. what belongs in your head and doesn't belong in your head. Because that is that is just a distractor for who you want to be. That is an irrelevant instance that was told You're to you. you just taking
0: control of what in- information it is that you take Correct. in. Just, so like I, just, just
1: today. Just uh, regulating. Yeah, so like, like Jer- uh, Jeremy, who's newer to my team, uh, is a great guy. And Friday – we're literally me and my wife are on the way to for our date night It's six thirty, And so now two years ago, three years ago, I would have answered it right. and had a 30 minute phone conversation right. with him about business. Right. But I told, I texted him, I said, is it urgent or can it wait? And he responded literally with a text message that like you had to like extend three times with stuff. Right. And so I had to call him this morning and say, Hey, listen, unless it's like a super emergency, If I don't need to know or if I can't solve this problem right away, then let's wait till Monday because I know myself and myself is when there's a problem, I want to fix it. And if I can't fix it, then it's going to bother me. Yeah. And so there's just setting those and look, yeah. and it's not a, it's not a saying, Hey, I'm just too good to listen to you or right. whatever. No, 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 and yeah. it, in fact, yeah. he was like, dude, all that could have waited till Monday. He's like, mine was the opposite. It was Friday. And I just wanted to get it out of my head. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, you gave it to me. Yeah. And so, uh, so anyways, so it's just, you know, I just think that that's who it is. You know, I was coaching an agent the other day and I said, uh, And i just told her you know i said look you needed to define the two or three people around you that you're going to let in there's too many people that are getting into your head yeah that's problem. and you know for me it's the two questions i ask so if i'm going to value their opinion or let them have a say into if i'm going to give any weight to their opinion they need to be uh there's so many ways i could say this but they need to be a growing healthy mentally stable person mm-hmm. right and so that that's one uh and then two they need to have my best interest at heart like they need to care for me and my success and that's like a handful of people there's not many yeah and those are the people that I want to listen to their criticism I'm going to let them in I'm going to value what they have to say but everybody else well, it's you know. hard to find those people too, man. Well, it takes a lifetime almost to find a. Well, I person, think that man. I think that those people are there. I think that the again going back to controllables, I think that for us it is having those hard conversations and saying, hey, in light of where I want to be, I need the right people around me, and so you know I call them my defenders, right? And so if they if something if they hear something about oh Leighton did this or said this or whatever they know everything about me and they can say, Hey, you know what? That sounds like something Leighton would do. You know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know what, Hey, did you know this about Leighton, what he's doing yeah. to become better and yeah. to help him in that? Right. And so it's like, does that make sense? Yeah. So, instead of,
0: I thought you were going to go the other way. Like they're, they're going to take up for you, but no, they're going to elaborate on why, why it is you, you are who you are and yeah. back you up, I guess. Somehow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense though. Yeah. The
1: same. So, yeah. So that's where, uh, yes, yeah, so that's where, uh, that's just the kind of stuff that I enjoy, and I have a long way to go. And I'm still, I still go to therapy, and I still, uh, I have a business coach, and I just have a lot of people that can speak life into me, and they can, you know, help point out areas that I need to work on, and it's great. So, yeah, I mean, dude, it's a
0: it's a. Well, I've I've been on the other side of it, and it's just I've known you for a while now. But you were already ahead of me in, in anything before when I met you. But it's just been cool to be you know alongside you know just watching this journey of how you've developed and what y'all have done. Because I mean, yeah. dude, you're probably the most well read person I know as far as like always reading books and always studying things and always talking about stuff. Like whereas I dude, I don't read anything. Like I listen, you know. I don't yeah. read. I can't read. I'll fall asleep. I just yeah. can't. But um. We're reading the right stuff. I you? think the the best way for me to consume is conversation. I listen yeah. to other conversations. Yeah. That's how I consume. Yeah, sure. I don't get anything from, and I, I try, man. I really do. And I try to force myself to like read stuff and listen to stuff. But I just get way more from paying attention to people. Yeah. Like, I just, that's just me. Like, and I know that and I'm aware of that. So I just try to pay attention to more, like more conversations. Like, this is an individual. This is an interesting person to me. I want to see how he conversates with this other person and how, what information
1: you know, comes out of that and how I can, you know, suck that in, I guess, you know? Yeah, it just needs to be the right people. You know? right. I think that's the, that's the thing too. And, um, but yeah, man, it, you know, being a leader is being a learner. And so however you learn, you know, whether that's whatever it is, right. And, you know, and I, and I've made a, I've made a distinguish, you know, for the longest time, and I still have people around me that view this is that I can only be coached by someone who's been where I want to go. Yeah. And to me, there's a difference between a coach and a mentor. And mentors can be really successful people in your industry that you can look up to, pick their brain. But a coach is, you know, shining light on your dark spots and they don't necessarily need to know the industry. They need need to know you okay. and how you operate and how you click and they can ask the right questions, you know? And so, uh, so I think that both of those are very important to have, but
0: yeah, man, yeah. I look, dude, I think, We could keep going on and on and on. Where are we at? What time is it? Oh, we're
1: good. We're over over an hour. We're about to – so you want to talk about our podcast? Let's talk about it, dude. Let's get the
0: plug. (laughs) Because by the time this comes out,
1: you're you're first – yeah, you'll be coming right behind it. Really? Okay. So me – so I'm starting a podcast with uh, Josh Johnson. He's been on here. Yeah. So put that in the notes, whatever episode he was on. And uh, Josh – you know it's funny me and josh actually played basketball against each other in high school okay. and uh we reunited you know 20 years later almost and uh through church and then that quickly just became a business relationship that he he runs a very successful business a very sharp mind um and anytime we get together it always turns into business and we're just cutting up laughing and helping each other, sharing stories and, you know, all of that. And so every time we would do that for the past two years, we're like, man, we really need to start a podcast. This is good stuff people need to hear. And so, uh, so yeah, so we're starting the podcast called busy smalls and it is all about small business operating owning a small business and yeah. so if you are a manager of a small business an operator of a small business you own a small business it is uh we are not like hey we read this book and this is how you should run a small business it is like hey you know this is what i'm dealing with this week running a small business yeah. you know yeah i'm That's excited about it, man. yeah so we're excited about it and uh so uh should be good yeah,
0: we'll definitely. Yeah, by the time this comes out, by the fi- time by the time this comes out, then that episode, your first episode, should be live. Hopefully. All right. Well, I so. wouldn't
1: liked it on Facebook today. I was the first one. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even well, it I,
0: I love what you guys are going to be doing because uh, different mm-hmm. than me. Like I know we talked a little bit about business. That, well, probably a lot more than I expected about business. But I just because I respect you in business, I want to yeah, talk sure. about it. Whereas a lot of times I don't have those business conversations. But yeah. there's not anyone. There's not. It's just hard to find. You can go listen to a podcast about mm-hmm. business, but you can't relate to that a lot of times because it's someone so successful that you may see that as like, "Oh man, I, I, we're not having the same struggle" because they're mm-hmm. you know their mm-hmm. platform is so much larger, their client base is so much larger, whatever it may be. Whereas, mm-hmm. you guys have you know been in the industry from the ground up from what are, what mm-hmm. you're specialized in, so you can talk about those things and walk people yeah. through those scenarios. Whereas, and it's something that's ever changing too. It's not like content you put out like you as economy changes and, and market shift, you're going to continue to have new content to come out that's going to be relative to right then, you know, Yeah. yeah you know, and absolutely. some stuff that's
1: going to hold, you know, yeah, stuff that's going to sure. hold that, you know, that, that's great advice and, and great information that people well, need I, to hear. And I just know this, that me and him getting in the same room and talking about business for an hour or two every week is going to help me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so whether it helps anybody else, it's going to help me. It's a win-win. And, uh, but you,
0: I will tell you that you'll be surprised that you'll start – I promise you because I know you are. It's like you start doing this and people will come to you and say, man, thank you. And you're just like, okay, well, the day, the week you want to skip because you got shit going on, you'll realize that you don't want to skip because you know that someone's subscribing depending on you mm-hmm. to – Drive them through that next week, you know what I
1: mean, or yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I think yeah, we're both excited about doing it. So should be pretty entertaining. Hell yeah, dude! What uh, what other questions do you have? You have anything non business related? Man, I was just you hanging out. I mean, about? I don't even know. You want to talk about mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, God. man, I don't know. I just I hadn't had any lately, but you know, whatever. No, man, I just uh, I don't really have anything, bro. I just uh, wanted to catch see. up with you.
1: Uh, what's going on, kids? We're uh, so your your kids are how old? Eight and nine. Eight and nine. Yeah. Nine, so, nine. uh, yeah, my daughter is eight. I knew they were close to the same age. Yeah, so. yeah, dude. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's just uh, that's a one hundred like that's one thing that you brought up. Like I've been for the past three years making sure I'm done with my day by three p.m. every day. Yeah. <laughs> so I can be home and get them off the bus, you know, and that's yeah. been my life. And um, yeah. Fortunately, now my wife's about to quit her full time job and come to business with me. Yeah, this week, which is exciting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that'll be nice for me to get some, you know, longer days, but also yeah. still reconnect. Like, I guess more hyper focused with all of us together. You know, whereas yeah. we were kind of splitting the yeah. schedules and stuff.
1: Yeah, and I do, man. I feel that that's that's a big struggle. You know, with business owners and uh, business owners and family and that rub, right? Because I think that early on it was I want to build a business that I can leave to my kids and so then it's almost you're like justifying not being present in their childhood and then how many stories have we heard you're right of people taking over the family business and it implodes in a year or two and there's no relationship there and the siblings don't get along and all this stuff right so now I'm just like this money I'm making off this business, I'm spending it on me. Yeah. you know, they can look. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're getting them a good education that they yeah, can, uh, I'm going to put them through college and then they can figure it out on their own. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to be using this money to uh, go travel the world. That's, and, what, uh,
0: that's what I want to do, bro. Yeah. I still told her, so we get those kids up into high school and like, I just want to take a fucking five-year road trip and just hook yeah. a camper up and just go, yeah. like go everywhere yeah. we can in the United States. Yeah. And then when we get done with that, then yeah. we'll be too tired to, do any of that anymore? Yeah. Then we'll get on planes yeah. and go to the rest of the places. Well, that's
1: know? crazy too. You know that, and that's that's really one of the biggest benefits from the pandemic was forcing um, businesses to change, right? You know, and yeah. I knew when we started our brokerage in 2017, I wanted to be paperless, yeah. right? And so we don't have a file cabinet in the whole
0: building. And you're one of the yeah, I mean, you're one of the probably first ones to do that, even with your company, because your company's like. I'm sure. I mean, y'all are up on the up and up, but also yeah. like the way you launched that. I remember you telling me that you're like, I want to be mm-hmm. efficient. I want systems in place. I want to be able to run this thing from anywhere. And yeah. I was like, that's something that most people in the region we're in weren't thinking about at that time. Yeah, they were yeah. just stuck in, yeah. the, in the. So when, it, when the pandemic
1: happened, I mean, we were we were working from home in an hour. You know, yeah. I mean, that's just what we did. Yeah. And uh, uh, but yeah, so I think that that's really given people the. Um, business owners and just people like we can really work from anywhere I mean with the right processes you know and I'm about to take another one of my my management company actually managing 450 houses we're about to take it remote to where that's gonna uh, be interesting because yeah,
0: I guess yeah it makes sense I mean why not
1: yeah well the technology's there right now right and and there's a local credit union that I think is great that I use and uh, I'll give a shout out uh, Carter credit union okay and you walk into their beautiful offices or their complexes and go into the lobby and there's nobody in there you go up to a kiosk and a video pops up and you're talking to someone and they're talking to you they're walking you through they like send the drawer out you put it in they take the thing Mm -hmm. like even if it's just a deposit like they can see what you put in there i mean it's pretty crazy you can apply for a car loan on the kiosk and uh, so, like, it's pretty, it's pretty nuts. So I was thinking, I was like, you know, why can't we be doing that with management? You know, so that's kind of the thing. We're oh yeah, there. I get it. Yeah. I still like that personal feel, but it is nice. Like, I guess it
0: just depends on what where you want to like. Put those processes in place. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that for as a business owner, I'm looking right. at efficiency. how can we be most efficient. Yeah, efficiently. Exactly. And that's
0: what you're great about. Yeah, 400
1: tenants. Yeah, dude, it in. becomes
0: extremely inefficient, in and, inferior, and you're like yeah. trying to get money here and you get yeah. money there, and then uh, dropping yeah. trying to drop payments off the uh, wrong times, and all that. Yes. Yeah, I can only imagine, man. Yeah. I mean, I can, I get it. I would <laughs> want that to be streamlined. The first thing I want that to, do yeah. is to be streamlined. Yeah. So, yeah. What?
1: Uh. So I started playing basketball again.
0: Well you well first off <laughs> everyone needs to know that you had your Achilles tendons both cut and like trimmed what happened yeah. explain what that process so is what I is
1: had, this so you know they say it could be hereditary but what it's called a haggling deformity and it forms on the back of your heel Mm -hmm. and it can be formed by wearing like tight shoes like an external but mine was actually formed because my achilles was so tight it was rubbing on my heel bone and it was just forming a callus like a knot really a bone spur and uh it was about the size of a golf ball but to be able to go work out or play basketball or anything, I would probably have to stretch for two hours and then I would probably only make it 30 minutes before yeah. it inflamed. And then it would take me about four or five days to recover. So um, yeah, so I had my first one, actually my first one, I actually ruptured it playing. Uh, oh, I was uh, uh, working out, what's the uh, Camp Gladiator? Yeah, I was doing some drill I shouldn't have been doing. And I <laughs> ruptured it. And so I had that one pretty quick. And, uh, then the other one I actually planned and, uh, but yeah, so they would, they took my Achilles off, they detached it, they removed the bone spur and they screwed it back in. Then they went into my calf muscle and lengthened the Achilles. Ah, so what was that recovery process per leg? Uh, let's see. So I did them two years apart, but the recovery, so the first, uh, five weeks is non-weight bearing. Okay. And so, yep. So no walking. So my wife is a trooper with four kids. You know and when I had my first one I ruptured my first one our youngest was only a couple of months old yeah and so yeah it was it was pretty bad uh and then uh so uh yep so about six weeks then uh really it's a full year recovery for your
0: 100 yeah yeah anytime they cut something and mm-hmm. reattach it like mm-hmm. I, I went through that with a tendon that my tendon was detached from my pec and oh, yeah they had to reattach it to my mm-hmm. bone under my bicep yeah. and it was a year. It yeah. was a year, dude, and I still, yeah. I'm still to this day not 100. But I mean, do you? Have, so you have full mobility. Full mobility. Uh, no do you pain. You feel better now, like oh, no pain, pain, at, pain all, at all. Like, so. And so what
1: was happening though is because of those, I wasn't able to build muscle and right. do the workouts I wanted to. I had to adapt everything. You couldn't be under stress at all. And so I mean, then, what's crazy is when I, when I finally didn't have foot pain for the first time in 10 years, I started playing sports as quickly as I could and then my knees started hurting <laughs> but what i found out the reason why my knees were hurting is because my leg muscles were underdeveloped because, right, because of, of that my, injury yeah, yeah. because of those injuries and yeah. so i had to do some physical therapy and stewart you turned me on to Stuart. yeah, yeah. so awesome, i've been man. i've been seeing Stuart for three years now i go i go to him three days a week and uh, it's really just you know beefed up physical therapy type stuff i mean squats you know resistance stuff working you know hips legs uh all of that and so uh, i do i do need to do more cardio i played basketball for the first time in uh a couple weeks ago and it was uh i was winded i was like dude this is half court basketball i should be this out of breath." yeah but you're not winded on other
0: exercises that's what's interesting fun, about man. working out it's like you, you can come in shape and like it's just like kind of like when i would tell people like i'd go do crossfit and then or i go box and be in shape and then do crossfit and almost die you know yeah. or go to jiu-jitsu and be in shape and then go to crossfit and almost die like oh, yeah it's just there's so many different Like layers of being in shape, right? You can't hit all of them, but the fact that you're doing something and you can now, like you didn't, you didn't like say "fuck it," I'm not going to do anything and I'm not going to, you know. You went through the whole process, like yeah. yeah, One, you have to do the surgery, but also you have to go through the you you get the pain to get there, do the thing, Mm -hmm. then rehab, and but then use it to something. To do something with yeah. not just use it to get out of pain now you're right. actually wanting to do things after you've yeah. circumvented that you know
1: yeah And so it's crazy is now we're talking about this this is kind of mind-blowing but for me this is my health journey um two years ago this past january i had my my second foot done mm-hmm. and i remember the super bowl was the Bengals were playing i don't remember who they were playing but i remember joe burrow was playing i think they lost the Chiefs, maybe I don't, I don't, I don't know. know who knows. Josh, you, so two years I, I don't, you don't have. have Daniels.
0: Daniels. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So I watched that game and I told my wife I just felt like just gross. I had been in the bed for five weeks and I was about to start walking, and I was like I, I couldn't really stand on the scale because I couldn't put pressure on both feet, uh-huh. but I was somewhere around four hundred pounds, and I was like, all right, I'm done. And so for the next year, you know, really all I ate was meat for the most part how do you feel
0: about that you like i mean are you, are you like an activist for that or are you kind of just that well it was
1: it was hard at first because i was just so used to carbs right, right. so i was like i had pre- preparation and i just had to plan a lot and uh well yeah so i lost somewhere between 80 and 90 pounds in that first year and it's crazy is because so that was that was my first year on it in the past year i haven't lost any more weight but Clothes wise and picture wise, is huge cause right. it's huge because I'm still building muscle. Right. Well, you're not and so uh, you're
0: not inflamed. Yeah. Exactly. So you're, you're yeah. not you're yeah. not holding water, but yeah. you're, you're losing. But you're not like your size is diminishing. Yeah.
1: And now and now I'm not as strict. I mean, obviously we go out on a date or if she cooks a vegetable, eat some vegetables. Or if we, you know, I why I, did I try you choose to, carnivore though? What made you choose that? Like, did you do a bunch of research and just make well, it your mind up? Or? I'm probably the best expert on diets. I've been on all of them. <laughs> I've actually lost weight on all of them. Yeah. yeah. I remember being I, on Weight Watchers, yeah, I've losing. Seen so yeah, a I've, couple, yeah, I've done a bunch of them. And so, uh, for me, it's just having a plan for me. And, and this is just for me. But, you know, one, uh, I just enjoy meat and yeah. steak. Yeah. <laughs> and then second, uh, it was the easiest for me to just kind of prepare. And so, it's funny, uh, for the past year and a half, I've eaten Wingstop almost every day. Yeah. I just order it from my app. I get their dry rub wings. Yeah. I get 10 of them and I just eat them. Yeah. And uh, back to it. And right. so I was losing weight, eating wings. And at night, you know, it's usually um steak most of the time. Yeah. yeah. So red meat and chicken. Yeah. So, like yeah. for me,
0: dude, I've been, I'd say, I did strict hardcore carnivore for probably a good year, year and a half, maybe two years. And then I went to like, when I swapped over from just lifting and just being, you know, w- doing whatever to doing all this, um, CrossFit stuff, I started having a, I was like, man, I just, I'm, my recovery's not there. I'm still like, I don't know, like I'm sore. I'm not getting enough energy right before my workout. So I started adding in fruit. And so now I'm like 80% meat and then 20% fruit and, and some nuts for fat, you know, that's kind of mm-hmm. where I'm at. And that's, what's worked most like across the board, I guess if I've done cut, 50 60 pounds in months for fights and doing all these things and doing high carb low carb you know all this shit like for mm-hmm. me like 80 percent carnivore 20 percent like fruit vegetable not no no vegetables i don't really hard do vegetables i do take a green shake every morning i'll do like uh um, Jocko greens um mm-hmm. uh, athletic greens are good too but Jocko's cheaper so i like those mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so i do those every morning just to get the roughage to, to get those nutrients but not get mm-hmm. all the you know everything else that comes mm-hmm. with them like all the carbohydrates so mm-hmm. It works for me, man. Yeah. And so I'm a proponent of the carnivore thing. But, like, it just depends on, I guess, how much output you have. I don't think it's sustainable if I'm doing two workouts a day and working out four hours a day and I'm extremely high output. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that I had to add in. That's why I had to add in those mm-hmm. things. And so for me now, like, I'll notice, like, on on really, like, when we kill ourselves, especially in the middle of the summer when it's 100 degrees mm-hmm. and your output's, like, your, your heart rate vari- variability is, like, weird and your output's like 159 to 170 beats per minute for a solid 30 45 minutes i've had to add those in like for for like the replenish you know the the sugars tied tied to the um yeah to the fiber and
1: stuff yeah yeah i actually coupled mine with uh i coupled mine with intermittent fasting
0: Dude, I did it. It's I loved a, intermittent. I was doing carnivore,
1: too. and I was eating between twelve and eight every day. Intermittent fasting works great. I remember yeah. when you started that. Now that yeah. you said that, yeah. yeah,
0: I loved. it. I did that too for a while. I loved yeah. it. But yeah. what I what I was bad about is I was still fucking drinking. I'd really throw it off. Like, I would I would fast on my food, but I would still drinking. Like, I would get way more benefits if I didn't drink. You know? Yeah. Oh and yeah. I, well, I, I
1: think that's. I've been better the board. about that too. <laughs> yeah, I've been better about that too.
0: Like, but is it like now I notice I don't drink as much, and if I just do it, I mean, this is probably the first one I've had shit really in a while and like if i just do it like sparingly and not like every like two or three times a week then i feel so much better and i can see more result more definition less inflammation, sleeping better better, um no water retention you know yeah but i don't know man but i'm happy for you dude that's good yeah no it's
1: exciting i was excited to play basketball that was my you know my that's what i played from you know, third grade all the way through college, really. I played every single day, and uh, so it was nice to go back and play with with uh, no pain. So well, hell yeah! So yeah. that's you're
0: doing that a little bit of weights, um, yeah, like hyper focus weight stuff. Mm-hmm. And basketball, God, going
1: on walks. You know, me and my wife. I mean, the plan would be to go on two or three walks a week on the days I don't work yeah. out, and just walk around the neighborhood. Um, so no half marathons coming up or anything. I mean, I'd be game. that might be a goal oh yeah sure yeah we went this uh, you know uh, we went to Asheville North Carolina this past summer and we went and hiked and looked at some uh, waterfalls and stuff we had a tour guide and stuff and you know I mean it was just stuff I couldn't have done you know and just being able to have the surgeries and build up the leg muscle I was able to do that and uh, you know one of the uh, Stuart uh, one of the main things he made me do every single day and still I did him this morning was resistant uh, hip thrust with resistance, you know, a resistant band. And, uh, I just hate doing them. And, uh, <laughs> and so then, uh, this past, uh, October we went back to Disney. And last time we had gone to Disney, I had only had one foot surgery and I was just out, of, I was just out of shape. And, uh, and this time, I mean, I was just, I just rocked it, you know, 16 miles a day or however much. So I said, Hey, we're changing the name to Disney thrust. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, no, uh, Yeah, that's it. You know, I want to be able to, you know, be able to do stuff with my kids and play sports with them if I need to and go on vacations and trips. I don't want to be, you know, I mean, when, when I went on vacations growing up, my dad was so exhausted from working. We just rested.
0: Yeah, it's like they yeah. go on vacation and watch TV the whole yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Like, and so one. for me, it's
1: like I want – so we – I mean, we took the kids at the Grand Canyon. And, you know, this summer I think we're taking them to Colorado. And so we just want to do that. Well, I, I told Lori, you know, because we keep talking about, well, should we do an all-inclusive thing? And we've done those before. But I'm like, let's save those for when we're, like, 60, you know? Yeah, when you, you don't want to do anything. Exactly. You know? Like now so. it's like if
0: you can move, do it, man, and utilize yeah. that. But, no, it's good that you bounced back, dude. I, I knew you had all – and I guess I just – on a, on a scale like I hadn't – we don't catch up enough to really know how long it's been, but it's been that yeah. long, and all that recovery over yeah, there. shit. crazy, it's, yeah. But yeah, dude, I. It's good. It's a good thing, bro. It is all a good, good thing.
1: things. It is. Yep, and that's it. And part of that is just having accountability. You know, I'm just big on having people, you know, that I've set up to hold me accountable, and, that, and that's why I go to Stewart because. If it was left up to me, I would talk myself out of oh, working Stuart's out awesome. every single day. I, I right? love
0: Stuart and I and I referred him to you too because I, yeah. I love Stuart because he's he has an old school approach, but he's very aware. Yeah. Like he and that's I think that's the the key, the key answer to everyone's issues is most people aren't body aware. Yeah. And they don't like the answers and the tools are everywhere. Yeah. But most people don't want to do it because they're lazy, yeah. right? But yeah. like once you become body aware, you know, okay, like and, and a lot of that takes a lot of discipline. And, and and that's where we were talking about accountability mm-hmm. earlier. I, I stray on the side of discipline versus accountability because mm-hmm. people are like, you must be motivated to do that every day. I'm like, fuck, no, I'm not motivated. Yeah. I'm disciplined. I make myself yeah. do it. Like, there's a lot of times I don't want to do it. Yeah. But I know that the end result is an hour, even half an hour of me being uncomfortable yeah. leads to another 23 hours of me feeling great. Yeah. Why the fuck wouldn't I do yeah. that? You know, versus like, you know, just like drinking for two hours leads to 12 hours of feeling like shit. Like, weigh those. Look at it. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes of discomfort for a day of feeling great. Yeah. Two hours of comfort yeah. for a fucking day of feeling like shit. Yeah. Like,
1: what? Yeah. Well, that's Weighed why that? for me, it's just I have a set time with him three days a week at 8 15 because I know that if I start working, I'm going to be distracted. Yeah. And so I just, I drop the kids off. I go straight to the gym. I knock it out and uh then i start my day and so that's kind of how i have to do it because i i don't understand the people that work out in the afternoons or at nights i just i'll talk myself out i'll spend all day coming up with reasons why i shouldn't be I, going to work I do out it now way. but <laughs> i've done the morning things
0: the morning thing's great i've done the morning things like i've done the five eight the, the I, there's something about those and and you may have to try it one day like at the house if you i don't know if you ever have but like waking up and doing it before anything else starts happening before yeah. emails start pinging yeah. or the family's up like yeah. If you can get up and come back home and everybody's still asleep, it's crazy because then you're like, oh shit. And then if you want to do it again later that night, you've already damn near recovered. We can do something different, you know? But that's a whole nother level of uh of discipline. But it is it is nice, man. It is nice to be able to do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a uh
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) New, but let's wrap this thing up. Wrap this thing up. Busy Smalls. Y'all this new podcast will be out. Um here soon um by the yeah. time this thing comes out hopefully that'll be up and running yeah
1: and we'll be uh, what platforms it'll be on spotify gonna be on everything apple. bro apple YouTube, apple youtube spotify everything. facebook um, facebook instagram yeah you can be on all the yeah. things bro and so and you know one of the things we want to do on there is really build a community around it and so for any local business owner or really business owner anywhere we want your input like we're, we're going to like take some questions and answer them on our podcast is, you know, some kind of real life. That's important where you're not
0: on. just all giving your opinion, but you're actually giving some feedback. Exactly. I think that's going to be Yeah. Important.
1: Well, and our insight and some, sometimes it might be good insight. Sometimes it might be bad. And so we'll just share, like, if you ask a question, I'll say, this is how I'd handle the situation. not saying I'm right or wrong, you know, but uh, that's just how I would handle it. And uh, yeah. so we'll see how it, it works out. so All
0: right, bro, let's wrap this thing up. Yeah. I right, appreciate it. Yep. See